Hello, and welcome to the Get Out of Your Head and Grow Your Online Business podcast with your host, Marion Wagner. As a business mindset coach, I am on a mission to show online entrepreneurs that you don't need a huge following or spend countless hours on social media in order to grow a six-figure business. Together, we'll dive into both the psychology and the strategy tips and real-life examples of people who are doing it. Let's dive into this week's episode. I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode. I, I try to bring on guests who can be open about their own journey in starting and growing an online business where they share both the good and the, the not so good along the way, and that hopefully they can impart their best tips, their nuggets of wisdom, the lessons they learned the hard way so that it encourages you and gives you direction to get out of your own head and grow your online empire. Alessia Citro, she is a corporate dropout, a coach, an author, and an entrepreneur, and she is here today to share her own story and her best tips. She is the founder of Thea Collective, which is a learning community for entrepreneurs, and she hosts the Corporate Dropout Podcast, which is a show where she empowers her listeners to leave the corporate grind and live the life they were created for. And she's very open about her own mental health struggles and getting clear on her purpose. So today she's going to share her journey of leaving a successful career at Google to launch her own online business. But beyond the keyboard, she's also a wife, a mom, and a top network marketing leader. In this episode, she's going to share three main tips, how to regain your confidence and your swagger, how to reconnect with your passion and your purpose, and how to leave the corporate world. So without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, Lacey, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Thrilled to be here. Okay. So let's start off with, could you kind of kick things off and tell us a little, little about you and, and your story? Yes. Okay. Let's give you the Notes version. So I thrived in corporate America until I didn't anymore. And I think like many people, 2020 sort of cracked us open me in particular. And so I was working at what I thought was my dream job. I got hired at Google and I started there on March 2nd of 2020. So you can do the math on, on that. And so at the time, my daughter was just a little over a year old, the office closed, her school closed. So I'm like home with no childcare and trying to ramp up in the most difficult job of my career. And up until this point, I had always, always, always been top of the leaderboard, you know, doing exceptionally well, getting accolade, you know, all of that. And I realized my identity was completely wrapped up in performance and achievement. And so this was the most humbling experience of my life for sure. And I was the only one on my team that was married and had a child. Everyone else could just pour themselves into work. I didn't have that luxury. I was working like three hours a day during nap time. And so by December of that year, I found myself in a pretty deep depression, had to take three months off of medical leave to sort of get my mind right. And I realized this is just going to keep happening. If I stay in these high pressure work environments, I'm out of alignment. I got to get back to doing what I'm meant to do. And you know, as much as I enjoyed software sales, God didn't put me on the earth to sell cloud infrastructure. He, he just didn't. And so um, I made the decision after meeting someone very serendipitously on a plane that June, she was my sign to leave the corporate world. And so the next day after that flight, I gave my notice and I quit two weeks after that. Wow. Okay. So I just have to ask about this because we talk about lightning bolt moments on the show, oh, yeah. which in psychology, for those who are new to that term, it's kind of like 
where you've been thinking about something in the background and then a lightning bolt hits and it's like the clouds part and you can see clearly. That's a perfect way of putting it. (laughs) Take us on the plane. Tell us about that conversation. What was that like? So we were flying back from Maui to LA and my husband and I had just got an investment property there. We spent the whole week fixing it up. So this was not a relaxing Maui vacation by any stretch. But the whole time we were there, we were having much deeper connections with you know, every waiter at the restaurants we would go to and the people in Home Depot and like all these things were just aligning perfectly. Like the appliances we wanted happened to be in stock, ready to be delivered the next day because someone just canceled a special order. Same thing with the bed that we wanted for, I mean, like all these weird things just kept lining up. So fast forward, we, we get on the plane and, you know, that whole trip was just underlined in gratitude for us, which I think is why we were on this different frequency. So I'm on the plane. My husband and I end up getting split up in different seats, which, you know, no big deal. It happens. And I'm listening to a podcast about leaving your corporate job. And I take like five pages of notes and I'm like, please, God, let me know when it's time. Like, give me a sign. And right then the flight attendant walked down the aisle and he's like, hey, what can I get for you to drink? And I say, Tito soda with lime. And my seatmate, Jody, who's a dear friend now, says, Oh, that's what I drink. I'll have that too. Oh my God. And I'm not a plane talker. Like I wear those like aggressively large noise canceling headphones because I don't want anyone to talk to me on a plane. Cause you might be next to like a weirdo and you don't want to get stuck in like a, <laughs> an annoying conversation for like six hours. Right. So anyway, we get to talking and in two sentences, she was like, she convinces me that she's my sign that I had literally just prayed for. So she says, you know, I have to convince, or I have to admit something when you walk towards me, I knew that we were meant to sit together and that I needed to talk to you. I couldn't switch my seat, but I wouldn't have because I knew it when you walked towards me. And I was like, well, what do you got to tell me? And she was like, I'm a top leader in a network marketing company, which I was. And she goes, I, you know, I love my team. I love the product. I know I'm meant to have a broader impact. And so since we've been on this flight, I've been typing up my business plan for a coaching and development company. So a week before this, I told you we were there doing this investment property, how to set up an LLC for that. As an afterthought, I said to the lawyer, Hey, how much would it be to do an LLC? I'm thinking about maybe starting a coach, maybe doing a podcast. She's like, Oh, it's just a copy paste job. Just pay the filing fee. So a week before that I had created rising tide coaching and development. And I was like, yep. Okay. That's my sign. I'm out of here. And uh, that was that. That is, I got goosebumps when you're talking about that is amazing. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Lightning bolt moment for sure. Yeah. All right. So speaking of leaving corporate world, that's what we're talking about today on this episode. And that's an area where you specifically mentor people, right? So I'm curious, do you see common issues, hurdles, fears in those clients that you're working with? Oh yeah. And I'd be lying if I said, I didn't still have them myself, right? Like entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Let's just get that out right there. (laughs) I would say the most common thing, people, they're worried about leaving behind the stability and they're worried that they're not going to have enough money for however long it's going to take. And all those are valid. But if you craft a plan and if you, if you know that you can always go back, that kind of sets you free. Like it's going to take a lot of testing. It's going to take a lot of experimenting. The thing you might want to do, maybe no one wants, but if you can get that going before you leave. To mm-hmm. really create that cushion and that runway, like the network marketing company I was in, that's what allowed me the cushion to say, eh, I can, I can leave this because I have enough extra coming in from that. So do what you can to create that safety net. I think leaping off the cliff without anything below you is not a good idea. 
So get the net in place. That'll keep you from having to get desperate or sell out or go crawling back to the corporate world if you don't want to do that. But I would say those are the main fears. The good news is they're easy to to overcome, but it's typically going to be working with the six inches between your ears more than anything. Right. Yeah. And you talked about how people see the corporate world as being more predictable and safe, which I think over the last two years, that's also been put into question. But, yeah, that's true. A lot of people mm-hmm. lost their jobs. But I think that you're right too. It's not for the faint of heart at all. I think that how can someone know that the corporate, so when you're in your corporate career and you start to have those feelings that maybe this isn't for me, you're unhappy. You feel like maybe like there's gotta be something more. I know I've been there. Mm-hmm. I had to leave because I couldn't imagine another year, another five years of just doing this same groundhog day life, you know? So when someone starts having those feelings creep in of this corporate life container just isn't for me, and they start to get very anxious, where do you tell them to begin this journey of looking for a new path for themselves? Such a good question. I think sometimes this feeling can be resolved by going into a different role and maybe reinventing yourself as a corporate employee. I mean, I think the corporate world is great unless you're just at the point where you're like, I cannot do it anymore. I can't stand to take orders from anyone else. I can't stand to be on one more meeting. I don't want to be on, you know, whatever it might be. So take an inventory. What are the things that when you are doing them, time doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. Or what do you love so much? You would do it for free. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it, and I'll just give you, you know, probably most people won't resonate with this. I love public speaking. I'm a weirdo. Most people hate it. <laughs> but like when I'm doing that, it's like I am on like on top of the world, right? Or when I'm like coaching someone and ideating with them, like time doesn't exist in those moments. When time drags on and feels 10 times longer than it actually is, is like manual data entry or like for me, I always joke like forecasting calls. That's like my trigger word. I will never be in another forecasting meeting again, unless it's like me as the CEO of my company, right? (laughs) Like never again. So what are the things that you absolutely hate that suck the life force out of you? What are the things that recharge your battery and just Mm -hmm. make you feel on top of the world? What are you really good at? What are you maybe not so good at? And see if there are roles in your company or another one that you could maybe explore. Because worst case, it'll just be a stepping stone to you becoming your own boss if that's what you're meant to do best case, you maintain that great stability and the benefits and like all the things that people love about the corporate world. But that's really how you can figure out getting back into alignment and whether or not the time is right for you to just fully jump out of that corporate nest. Right. Love that. And I'm sure I hear this all the time. I bet you do too, with some clients where, you know, they say that they're looking for what they're passionate about, but I don't know what I'm passionate about. And so they feel overwhelmed with all the options out there. Yeah. Um, which sometimes that comes from a place of self-doubt, like they don't have that confidence to pursue something. But how do you work with with clients or what do you see as helpful tips that you can share with people of if they feel like they don't even know where to begin, if they don't they don't know what they're passionate about, um, what would you say to them? Okay, I have two two pieces here that'll help. The first is go back to you as a child. What were your favorite memories? For me, it was baking, which is funny because I don't like baking now, but I love cooking (laughs) or like playing outside in the grass, like being outside. Like, are there things that you could do aligned with your skill set that enable you to do the things that you loved when you were a little kid? 
because most of us, like we still have that in us, but we've just like put it back in like a corner somewhere out of our mind. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thought. The second thing is if you don't know what you're passionate about, start to experience more. What's an organization that you can volunteer with? Or maybe there was something that you did in like high school or college that you really enjoyed. Is there a volunteer opportunity or even like a side gig for you to do that same thing? Mm -hmm. Figure out from that, like, what is it that you really like? What is it that you don't? But experience is the key to finding passion. And sometimes like, let's use network marketing as an example. I was just at um, a meeting the other day and and this woman who's been in the company I'm in, uh, the new one now for like 16 years, she's like, I'm not passionate about what we sell. I'm passionate about helping people achieve their goals. So I almost said no to this because like, I don't care about, you know, skincare. So yeah, maybe you don't like really care about whatever it is, but there might be, it might be a vehicle for you finding what you're passionate about, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Um, And yeah, I think what you said here about taking action and then being open to learning is the key because a lot of times people think they have to have the answer right away. And it's very hard to be in your, let's say you're in your cubicle at work and to know like, aha, this is the right path for me. Maybe you just need like a general direction and then you can fail forward to, it'll lead you down the path you're supposed to go. You know, I think one other thing with that too, is like, don't expect whatever you end up doing, like that's not going to be the finish line. Your preferences and passions will continue to evolve. So if you just look at everything as like a stepping stone and following that next breadcrumb, I think that'll take a lot of the pressure off. And also don't be afraid to suck at something new. I think so many of us don't do something because we're like, oh, I'm not good at that. Like, that's okay. We need to have higher frustration tolerance. It's okay to suck for a little while. It's actually, it's good to suck for a long time. I think you you should suck um, at the very beginning. Yeah. You're not challenging yourself, right? Right. Okay. So you're a mom. Right. We have a lot of moms who listen to this show and are balancing motherhood with a full-time job and their own online business. So for you personally, how has being a mom played a role in your online entrepreneurial journey? Oh man, I think it's made me a lot more patient with myself and with other people. Also, I I feel like it's um it's been really humbling. You know, like you can get a lot more done if you don't have kids. (laughs) And I think about what what did I do with my time? Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I think it's just made me a lot more compassionate, but you know, the other thing too, is it's, it's helped me to realize what the priorities are. Like not everything is an emergency. Hmm. You know, I think a lot of us treat everything like it's an emergency. Like, no, that doesn't need to get done right now. It's okay. If that waits. Like you really have to be clear on your priorities so that you can have the balance. And it's also made me realize how I think, unfortunately, many of us women walk around martyring ourselves thinking that, you know, we have to be doing everything for everyone. And that's not true. If you have a partner and they haven't stepped up, maybe they're waiting for you to ask them to do it or stop doing. If you stop doing everything, they'll see that they need to. And maybe that's the way to do it. But like, you don't have to be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. Like stop. (laughs) <laughs> and make time for yourself for crying out loud. If you're not doing that already, you, you need to start. Yeah. It's just a recipe for burnout. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. I, do you see this? And I wasn't planning on asking you this question, but because you brought up network marketing and I have experience in that field, I feel like there's a lot of 
women in network marketing that are dealing with maybe unsupportive partners or spouses or people that don't quite understand the journey or the, oh, yeah. the goal. And you talk a lot about confidence. So maybe could you share some just tips or just thoughts on what if that is that's your someone's situation right now? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. I, I'll try not to get too on my soapbox about this. Okay. I think the main thing with confidence is like, I, I just, I don't believe that God created anyone to play small or to feel like they're less than you should be extremely confident in the fact that the odds of you even existing right here, right now are one in 400 trillion. Like you were meant to do some epic shit. And if other people don't like what you're doing, that's them. That's not you. So they can go kick rocks. Like (laughs) I do not have time for people's negative opinions. I'll tell you something else too. This was a game changer for me when I heard it. I was watching a Brene Brown special on Netflix and she was talking about her book, Daring Greatly and why she named it that. And it comes from a Theodore Roosevelt speech from 1919 called The Man in the Arena. And basically it says like, unless you are down in the pit of the arena getting bloodied and sweaty with me, I do not care what you up in the nosebleeds have to say. So no one will criticize you that is doing more than you, only someone doing less. Listen to that again if you need to. So, um, and I would say too, if your partner is not supportive, many times I think it's because you haven't done any of the work yet for them to believe that it's not just like a passing fad. So, like, show them the proof. Most of these companies too, it's very low um, entry fee, right? Mm-hmm. Like my company, you can start a business for forty nine bucks, and it's a business in a box. You just have to tell people about it and share a link. That's pretty low risk. I won't tell you how much I've spent starting up my own businesses because it's kind of obscene. <laughs> and I would do things differently had I, you know, if I could go back in time. But you know, it, figure out too, like what is the success for you? Is it a couple hundred bucks a month extra? Is it you know making five figures a month? Like somewhere in between. If nothing else, sell your partner on it that you're going to get a lot of great tax write-offs as a 1099. And I won't say more than that because you can talk to a CPA, but that's a good way to help get them on board. <laughs> yes. I, so many good points in there. I love that Brene Brown quote. I think that's so good. It's so applicable for just social media in general, by the way, to everyone listening, a lot of negative Nancy's and just people that are just negative Nancy's Debbie Downers that like to cast judgment on people that are taking action on social media. They, if they look in the mirror, they're not doing anything themselves. So. Oh, totally. And I actually made a reel about this just last week. I had one that was not even really going viral. It only had like maybe 15,000 views, but I got some like decent haterade on it. And I noticed something every time I've had a video like this, I always look at the profile of the people that are saying negative things. There's always two things in common. Their profile picture does not have a photo of their face ever. And they either have a private account and or an account with no posts. So it's very easy for you while you're sitting in your mom's basement playing Minecraft unemployed to come and criticize me. But guess what? You just make me laugh and I don't care. And I wish you all the best. (laughs) Bless your heart, as they say in the South. (laughs) <laughs> I used to tell clients, you know, that you've, you've hit a new level. If you actually have people hating on your content because yeah, your content is not meant, yeah, it's not meant for everyone <laughs> and it should speak to the right people and, and repel the wrong people. So, oh, it literally <laughs> makes me laugh. Like Teflon suit. You just picture the haters sitting in mommy's basement in their forties or however old they are with no job playing Minecraft and you will instantly feel better. 
<laughs> not to stereotype too much. I'm sure that there's exceptions to that, but that's what I picture at least. <laughs> and it works for me. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, I'm so glad I we went down that little side rabbit hole <laughs> to end on that one. Um, okay, girl, where can people find you, connect with you, become friends with you? Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely the most active on the gram. Um, so you could follow me at Alasia Citro with two underscores. Uh, that's A-L-E-S-S-I-A-C-I-T-R-O. I also, I really want to get more active on TikTok. I actually have more followers over there, but it just, I don't know. So you can find me there too with the same name. Um, and then you can also check out, um, you can go to my website, alaciasitter.com for all my coaching offerings. And then uh, the new company I just launched is called Thea Collective. I named it for the Greek goddess of light. And it's really to light the path for entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs in particular. So if you're trying to figure out how to get started with a business, I can help you over there as well. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If you have an online business and you could use a social media mindset makeover, I have created a free mini course that will help you show up on social media with more purpose and alignment so that you can convert more followers into paying clients. Just click the link in the show notes and it's yours for free.